broadcasting from the Stolen Droids Hangout and discussing everything that has been taking place in the geek world over the past 168 hours. Well, give or take. It's the Stolen Droids Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the Stolen Droids Podcast, episode number 259. I'm Zoner. I'm Zook. And we're recording much later than normal. Much. <laughs> and I, I will take full responsibility for that one after three days of Salt Lake Comic Con Fan X and my mother trying to poison me at Easter dinner. Uh, you know, that way you could cl- be like Jesus. Yeah, I should have cleaned my room more is what I think, you know. Did you... <laughs> And here you are rising again after three days. It's great. Yes. Yeah, here I am. Um, wow, I'm pretty sure I'm just going to get struck down here. I know. We've pissed off North Korea, France, I think all of Asia at some point, most of Canada, half the U.S., and now Christians. It's not the Christians I'm worried about. It's the whole who they worship that's got me concerned <laughs> this is why joe loves us hey uh we want to give a shout out to our friends over at trekradio.net kryptonradio.com openbookaudio.com stitcher.com and eagle moss limited and you know what i'm not going to give a shout out to 4814 no because they no longer exist as we know them yeah screw those guys no who you really want is WPCycle.com. Yeah, I know. That doesn't make a lot of sense until I describe it to you. You see, they've always been great at WordPress hosting, right? Our site's built on WordPress, and they make that site sing. They do stuff with it that we can never hope. So, 4814 rebranded. We told you about this a while ago that they were going to do this. Well, they've done it. So, it's now WPCycle, as in WordPress cycle. It's really cool. Uh, they haven't launched yet, but by the time you hear this, it probably will have launched because they're, I think they're, they're dropping on the 30th. And I do believe that WP cycle is live at this point. So if you go to WPCycle.com, there you go. Tell them we sent you. These guys are the best. Yes, they are. They, they fix our screw ups on a regular basis. And you won't get a math answer when you try and Google them now. (laughs) That is true. You think that's why they changed their name? Really, in all honesty? I, 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 I kind of wonder, yeah. Because I know that would probably do me in. Well, okay. We say this as friends because we've been, well, we've been customers of theirs now for a couple of years. Yes. And they've always done right by us. Always. But their name, 4814, was a take on 24-7. They worked so hard for you that they worked beyond 24-7. They worked 48-14. But it was always a little bit hard to... Uh, it was always kind of hard to figure out how to market that. So I'm glad they changed it. Um, so, yeah, Zoner, you are... Looks like you're fully recovered from Fanex. If you well, can ever fully be recovered. I think that is... Uh, a very um, subjective comment. I am currently fueled by 480 milligrams of Rockstar or caffeinated Rockstar and five hour energy. <laughs> Hook it to my veins. That well, you know, I could barely walk yesterday, and because I mean, you know convention hangover anybody who's been to a convention knows what convention hangover is yeah it's like everyone breathes in the same gunk yes you're breathing the same recycled air your body hurts from walking on concrete for three days 
And when you're averaging miles and miles and miles of walking on that concrete, it's not fun. And you wake up the day after the last day unable to move uh, because there's no more adrenaline to get you out of bed in the morning. And so I've been popping ibuprofen, naproxen, and drinking Rockstar just trying to get through the last couple of days. And then my mom had to go and poison me by feeding me onions at Easter dinner. and The, the traditional the, Easter onion, you know, as you do. The traditional Easter onion served inside of a ham. Who puts onion on ham? Your mother, that, evidently. Uh, apparently. So, Which is the first your mom joke that actually works for your mom. <laughs> yes, yes. So I... About an hour after eating, I just became violently ill. And yeah, that about four o'clock today, that was gone. So thanks for the food poisoning, Mom. Perhaps it was an evil onion. Oh, all onions are evil. No, they're just misunderstood. They have layers. Shrek told me this. <laughs> that is true. Okay, we have feedback, actually. Okay, cool. Um, this one comes from Paul. Paul's our friend from uh, the somewhere... In the British area. I'm sorry, okay. Paul. Okay. I never remember which one it is. At least it's better than Ruff, who we kept saying was from the UK and he was actually from Australia. You guys all sound the same. And lives in like Boston or something. Yeah, exactly. Um, where the melting pot of, of accents of the US. Uh, so he's writing about digital downloads and price fixing that we discussed in episode 258. He goes, okay. totally agree that it sucks when a game that is 39 pounds in shops costs 49 pounds from the PlayStation Network. I don't want to sound all tinfoil hat, and I have no evidence to back this up. Do you think that there is some sort of agreement or rule that digital downloads cannot under, I think he means to say underprice, or, but he writes underspice physical media in retail stores in order to keep fair competition? One of the last mainstays of the UK high street is the game retailers. I would imagine they would kick off if you could get it cheaper without having to leave your house. In my personal opinion, I would rather pay the same rate if it preserves some retail shops. Saying that it's hard to shed a tear, saying that it's hard to shed a tear for Blockbuster when you're sitting in a Netflix sofa cavity when one month's subscription would cost less than two DVD rentals in 1995. Thanks, guys. He has a good point. Yeah, I was just going to say that he has a very good point. I mean, I I get it. I there are shops that I used to frequent when I was younger and didn't have kids, and I had a lot more time to myself. And I'd go to the shops because there's something to be said about being able to just kind of peruse, for lack of a better word. You know, there's the joke that men go shopping. We go there. We know what we want. We get it, and we leave. But let's be honest, that's not always true. Well, I think that it completely depends on the type of store you're going into. Oh, totally. For, for instance, if I'm going into a comic book store, yeah, I'm going to be a bit. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll be there for a minute. It doesn't matter what I go there for. If I'm going to Walmart, I pass through the electronics section. It's like a migratory route. And see, I go through the toy section. Well, I do both. But you know what I'm saying? It's like, so yeah, we peruse. And I, I get that. I used to go to the game store, and I'd peruse. Oh, what's in the bargain bin? I don't know what this is, but it's only three bucks. That can't be horrible, right? Well, sometimes <laughs> it is anyway. Um, oh, ooh, they have new figurines. 
well, that's cool. Yeah, I'll totally pick that up. I was going to buy this game, but I'm going to get this instead. I went there because I had $60 to burn. And going to a game store allowed me to browse and see what I was going to spend it on. I feel that that's changed for me at this point in life because I don't have time anymore. And if they don't have what I want, I'm not spending $60 because my priorities have changed with what I'm spending money on. You know, it's kind of weird how that happens. You have kids. It's like expected that you'll buy food and clothing for them. I know, right? Now, electricity is kind of a given because without it, I can't game anyway. That's true. But adulting sucks. Adulting is hard. So, I don't know. I get where he's coming from. My beef is is when the game stores cost more than online and give you less options and tell you to like it. It's like, yeah, the idea of being able to have physical media and I can sell it if I want. Yeah, you know how many how much those stores usually buy it for? 5 bucks. I'll tell them, wait a minute, this game is brand new. It only came out a month ago. Oh, you're right. Eight bucks. For eight bucks? I mean, I might as well just keep it in case they want to play it again later. So, And and I love that because, you know, you like go to GameStop. You're like, oh, I have this brand new video game that's the hot thing. It came out two weeks ago. I beat it. And everybody still wants to play it or it came out a week ago. And I paid $60 for it, and they turn around and they say, I'll give you $12 in store credit, and if you want cash, it's like 4 bucks. But then they turn around and they sell it for like $52 because it's used. Right, and then they get mad. Why is everyone buying stuff online? Because they don't want to deal with you, putz. Yep, exactly. I, I think eventually somehow if the technical limitations can be um circumvented i think we're going to see the same thing happen with the game industry that we've seen now with movies and music that retailers everywhere are going to figure out how to make money in a way that makes everyone happy even as the physical locations go away and and to be perfectly fair yeah i kind of miss the music stores too we had a, a place here in the u.s called media play you know, and I think there were some international locations too, but it was books, it was music, it was movies, it was games, it was everything in one store. Oh my gosh, I could lose hours there. Oh yeah. My first job was at a media play. I never took home any money. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. You know, so yeah, Paul, I get what you're saying. And I don't think it's too tinfoil hat to say that uh, there might be some kind of agreement in place that they cannot undercut the uh, retail, the brick and mortar stores. I don't know. It doesn't seem too conspiracy theory to me. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Okay, into our headlines. And um, some interesting things happened this week. Not a lot, but interesting. Before we get into the headlines, can I just give a quick shout-out? Um, if you must. Co- uh, yeah, if I must. Okay, so FanX was this weekend. Just want to give a shout-out to Dan Far Productions. They put on an absolutely wonderful convention yet again. It seems like every time they get better and better. And I mentioned it on Facebook a couple times. I think I threw it out there on Twitter. 
for the Stolen Droids team, this was actually the best convention we've ever been to. I managed to get uh, 70, 80 gigs worth of video, all interviews. And this uh, time we promise you'll see it. Yes, because we've outsourced. We have outsourced our video editing. We have an so, entire team of Indians taking care of it. Yes, yeah, so or just one sippy, but hey. Um, <laughs> that sounded weird, but okay. We'll just we'll just move on. Is that a racist but, term? Or? It, it could be. It could be. But I don't think in this case it is. But um, so, yeah, it was it was a wonderful, wonderful uh, convention. And speaking of Sippy, he's actually the guy who runs Idiot Box Productions. So go check them out. They did some videos as well. A lot of fun. uh, Really fun, fun crew over there. And in fact, he managed to exchange shirts with celebrities that he has well, a celebrity that he's got the video posted for, which is pretty dang entertaining. Um, and then also, we came across a new web series. I, I've put it up on our Facebook page. It's called You Again. Uh, go help them get funded. Great group of people. We'll be talking with them more on Generic Geek Podcast. Uh, probably doing a set visit as well at some point in the next month or so. Um so yeah, check them out. Uh, it's you again web series. They're on Indiegogo and I think uh, Twitter, Facebook, everywhere else. So yeah, okay. Headlines. Okay. Hey, remember when we've been going on and on about the Apple FBI debacle, and yes. we brought up uh, you and I kind of agreed that it was really odd that the FBI should be hanging its hat um, on this case to get into everyone's phones, especially when, let's be honest, there was ways they could get in there. And I offered up the suggestion of how they could do it. I said, you know, all you need to do is pull the uh, the actual memory chip, the actual storage unit from it, and access it directly, you know, bypass the OS entirely. Yes. Just read it raw. Well, it turns yep. out that uh, the FBI put a halt on all legal action uh, because they found a security firm that's going to get the information. Oh, by the way, the most likely method they're using is exactly what I said. There's four different theories, the most likely of which is that they're going to desolder the NAND chip and mirror it. And by mirroring it, they can then do whatever they want to the mirrored copy and leave the original intact. And if they screw up the mirrored copy, they just can mirror it again. I don't see why this was a big deal. I don't see why they had to go to Apple for this. Did they really think they were going to win? I I think it's kind of what you said, not to make myself sound so jaded, because that's your shtick, but... I'm the cynical one. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, But, yeah, it was like they were trying to capitalize on this tragedy, only it wasn't as tragic as they hoped it was going to be. And everyone fought back. Uh-huh. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting because we've got some news that's been breaking today. We'll be bringing it to you in our next episode once we kind of get a grasp on what's actually happening with it. But, yeah, I mean, I think you're exactly right. The, it's just, yeah, I, I have nothing else to add. You're right, though. I love hearing that. I know. <laughs> I and hear it more on this show than anywhere else. Yeah, I was gonna say since you're married, you don't see it in or don't hear it anywhere else outside of outside of the show. Yep. Um, hey, speaking of 
Apple, they had their yearly announcement and they announced some numbers. They announced some new products and they announced how awesome they were. Uh, were they innovative though? That's the question. Uh, you know, I didn't hear a lot of innovative, but I did hear a lot of uh, other numbers. For instance, it's going to be their 40th birthday birthday on the first. That's interesting. I didn't know they shared a birthday with us. Oh, I, I was thinking uh, the show's not 40. I am. Uh. <laughs> but the show's not. But no, that is right. We did launch on April 1st. Wow, we are getting old, dude. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a billion active Apple devices. Sounds impressive. Is impressive. It's also misleading, but that's okay. Um, 93% of them are run on renewable energy. No one cares. Um just saying. <laughs> I'll um, be impressed when they start putting solar panels on the backs of their phones. Apple Watch is the top-selling smartwatch in the world. I totally don't believe that. Um, a third of watch wearers regularly change their bands. I don't know why this is a stat worth reporting on. Does that indicate that maybe their bands are crap and are constantly failing, so they need to buy a new one? perhaps that's that would be my first thought is why are you having to change your watch band so frequently yeah um over 30 million four inch iphones sold last year i don't know where they're getting that number from that's interesting to me because do they even have a four inch iphone out on the market well they do now but before we get into that let's talk about last year no they didn't have any new four inch iphones so okay i i don't yeah i yeah exactly i'm not I have no clue where that number came from. Is it from other markets? Is this, is that worldwide? Are they talking about the secondhand sales market, which is a thing? It's, uh, it's an interesting question that they don't really answer. But based on that, they then announced what you were getting to, the new iPhone SE. Okay, This is a four-inch phone. And we previously mocked it because... Who was really asking for a smaller phone? Well, evidently 30 million people were asking for a smaller iPhone. But unlike other smaller iPhones, this one has all the newest hardware in it. So they were somehow able to pack all of the high-end hardware you get from the newest iPhone in the old 4-inch casing. And it really is the old casing. It's, mm -hmm. it's the old form factor. I kind of like this. I got to admit if they had dumbed down the feature set, if they had taken away features, and some of them they did, like the 3D touch, the 3D touch didn't come along with it. it. It wasn't thick enough. It needed more hardware space. They couldn't get it to fit. I get it. And frankly, I'm not really sure who's buying the iPhone for the 3D touch. I've seen it in ads. I don't know if... I've, I've seen people with the new iPhone. No one can get the hang of it. You know the thing that always amazes me is the fact that about every third, uh, uh, yeah, maybe 20, 25 to 33% of the iPhones I see have shattered screens. <laughs> I, I just find that absolutely <laughs> hilarious and amazing. But do you find it innovative that the 3D touch doesn't work so much when the screen's shattered? 
I'm actually surprised that it still does work with the shattered screen. Wow. that That's messed up. I mean, how are people not cutting their fingertips on that? Uh, yeah, uh, to be fair, Apple, despite the fact that it's mostly glass and it shatters quite easily, yeah, their screens work. I don't know what glass they're using, but it works. They, they uh, just work. I am, they don't stay intact, but they just work. <laughs> It's better than some manufacturers, and we'll get to them later. <laughs> but um, they announced the uh, iPad 9.7 Pro. So you remember that 12-inch iPad Pro that they launched, let's be honest, to copy Microsoft's Surface Pro? Well, mm-hmm. they always knew it was going to be a niche product, that no one was going to be just clamoring for the 12.5-inch iPad Pro. And the 9.7 has been their bread and butter. Since it was very first launched, it's been the size people expect for an iPad. So they're launching the iPad Pro, which has a lot of the same features, um, but in the smaller 9.7-inch screen size. And here's where things get a little bit sketchy. Um, Okay, so on the market right now, you can get last year's iPad Air 2. This year's iPad Pro... This year's iPad 9.7 Pro. The iPad Air 2 has the same features and better performance than the 9.7 Pro, but, well, not quite the same performance, but costs $100 less. The 9.7 Pro comes in at a much higher $599 starting price. And I say higher because all iPads since launch have started at $499. That's always been the starting price, which is an affordable entry point. So this is the first one that's breaking with tradition with performance less than last year's model, stealing features from the higher-end model. So it's basically cannibalizing those sales. It's a mess. It really is. And, you know, I actually have seen a few articles out there saying that with this lineup of tablets or iPads that they have, it's kind of a make or break thing. They're really, I mean, we've talked about how tablets have kind of lost a lot of their appeal in many situations, how people don't need to replace them as frequently and things like a a smartphone. And I have a theory about the 4-inch phone. I don't know that necessarily people are clamoring for the 4-inch phone like they say they are, like Apple says they are. I think that they're making the phone smaller because that helps to drive tablet sales. I think you're not wrong there. But I think it's something more. My wife and I just got new Galaxy S7s, okay? So I left the LG camp. I'm in Samsung now. And the S7, I I went back and forth between the S7 and the S7 Edge. And the S7 Edge has the 5.5-inch screen, which is what I'm used to with my G3. The uh, S7 has a 5.1-inch screen. And you know what I found by dropping down a screen size? Not much different. battery life? About the same, really, because the S7 Edge has a larger battery. Okay. But usable-wise, usability-wise, visibility-wise, not that different. I think it's not so much that people are clamoring for the smaller phones. I think it's that people don't care very much about the big phones. Sure, if that's all that's out there, yeah, I'll, I'll buy it. But wait, you're telling me I could get one that's a half inch smaller 
and costs me $150 less, sure, I'll do that. So I, I don't think it's necessarily that people are driving the demand for the smaller phone, just simply that there's no reason for the manufacturers to keep making the bigger phones. So if you can make larger profit margins on smaller phones, why not? Yeah, that that's that's a good point. But speaking of Samsung, I kind of get the feeling Apple is pulling the Samsung approach from like three years ago. Remember when they had the uh, the Nexus, the Galaxy Tab, and then they had the Galaxy Tab Seven and Eight and Nine Point Five and yep. Eleven Point Two, and it was like they had seven different tablets out in a year of all these varying sizes and specs, and you didn't know which one you wanted. And they haven't gotten any better. No, they haven't. I mean, it's, it is the Galaxy what it Tab is. A, the Tab Two, the I mean, they're all over the place. I don't Tab think, Seven Four. Yeah, um, LG did the same thing with the G Pads uh, Eight Point Three, Eight Point Three Two. Um, it's. I don't think that any manufacturer has really figured out what people want in a tablet. Well, I think they look at at, at uh, Kotex and they're like, "Oh, well, they have the the pad with wings, and they have the the, oh. <laughs> the thick pad." <laughs> Everyone knows what you want from a good tablet. You want to be able to go rollerblading with a poodle, or do yoga, or whatever, or take photos at Mount Rushmore, holding it up above your head so everyone can see. It's funny because before this, I would have said the only manufacturer who had really dialed it down was Apple with the iPad. But now I'm beginning to wonder, maybe they don't either. I think they're throwing stuff out there. See what sticks. Yeah. Um, also, uh, we'll finish up with this here. Um, Apple also dropped the price of the watch from three forty nine to two ninety nine, or seventeen thousand dollars. Still. <laughs> yeah, they, they came out with another seventeen thousand. No, it's it's iPhone, solid gold iPhone, or not yeah. solid gold, but yeah, no gold iPhone. And I think that I Why? saw that it was about seventeen grand. Why? It's for douchebags like Kanye West, apparently. If you want to... Oh, the, the, the guy who's broke, who's taking the Kickstarter because he needs money, and who yeah. evidently was pirating software. That's hilarious. I Look, if you've got that kind of money to drop on a phone, at least drop it on something functional. I'm not saying iPhones aren't functional. Obviously, they are if this many people are buying them. What I mean to say is that for seventeen grand, the phone had better take care of all your business for you. Like, you shouldn't even need to touch it. It better teleport me to whomever I need to speak with. Yeah, it's the newest version of iMessage, where it actually drops you face-to-face with that person. Yes. I... <laughs> well, you know, we've joked for years about how... A lot of times, iPhones and and Apple Watches and things like that are status symbols. A lot of people will buy them because it's a status symbol. That's the only justification for a gold iPhone. That is I, it. Or or a seventeen thousand dollar Apple Watch. I mean, that is the only reason. And well, even that, then, it's a stupid status symbol. Yeah, the only status that that conveys to me is here's an idiot with way too much money. Check it out. I went and dropped fifty grand into this Honda Civic. Why? <laughs> Just yeah. spend the money on an actual car that's a status symbol. Yeah. 
Go buy a Lexus or something. You know, for $1.5 million, I could have bought the Veyron or this Corolla. I bought the Corolla and chromed it. <laughs> Great. And yeah, speak- that'll get you where you're going, but... But you're going to look stupid getting there. But speaking of chrome... Hey, you see how I did there? Totally I, I, unintentional. Yes, very impressive. You think that we've been doing this for, like, ever. So, um, Chromecast. I famously, infamously said that I didn't understand it, I didn't get it, Schmitty called me an idiot. Um, then I got one, and they updated it, and I'm, I was an idiot. It's pretty awesome. However, it's also going away. It'll no longer be called Chromecast. It has been rebranded, a new website has been launched, and the app has been updated. It is now Google Cast, which, okay, no big deal, right? Because this happened the same time, they're also announcing that they're taking away the Google Chrome app launcher because no one was using it. I hate it. Oh, I hate it too. I think it's the worst thing ever. But I actually see this as something else. I believe that Google is trying to distance itself from Chrome as a brand. Too and many chromey, too many people out there making their Honda Civics Chrome. Well, it, it doesn't make <laughs> sense as a brand. It should be a product, not a brand. Google is a brand. Yes. Android is a brand. Chrome is not a brand. It's made a little bit confusing because then they have things like the Chrome OS, right? And in fact, the Google, the, the Chrome app launcher was originally from Chrome OS. Yes. But so, okay, can you put Chrome OS on um, my laptop? No. Okay, but it has a Chrome app launcher, just like in Chrome OS. Does that mean you can uninstall Chrome OS from a Chromebook? No. Okay, what about getting Chrome OS on an Android? No. It's, to you and me and anyone else, like Schmitty listening to this is just smashing his head to a monitor because it sounds so moronic. I get that. But to anyone else, I think it's a little bit confusing. I think Google is looking at strengthening its marketing stance by just having Google Cast, the Google app launcher. These are Google apps, right? Or the Android app store, the Android app launcher. So keep it down to just those two brands, the two brands that are actually brands. But see, with Android, it's all play. It's Play Music and the Play Store and Play Books and... Except for the Android Wear and Android Auto. Yeah. I think Google's confused with their branding. They might be a little bit. I think maybe, that's why they, maybe that's why they formed Alphabet, so that they could try and straighten all this crap out. Yeah, because nothing helps you straighten your brands out than making another brand. <laughs> No, that's a company, not a brand. Oh, you're right. You're right. I'm very sorry. Um, speaking of uh, something Android, um, this is not Google Pay. It's Android Pay. It's not Play Pay either. Uh, it is coming to the UK. I'm not trying to rhyme this much, but hey, what do you say? I just may go eat some hay down by the bay. And when we're done, I have an update on Samsung Pay. Oh, so clever. Except we already said pay. You just rhymed pay with pay. Slacker. Okay, so Android Pay is going to be brought out in the UK coming up here soon. (laughs) 
I, so much poeting happening here. Uh, I'm poeting hard, man. Does anyone want to give... What are the odds here? Are we placing bets yet on how quickly the EU goes after Google for antitrust because Android phones use Android Pay? Never mind the fact that Samsung phones can use Samsung Pay, and there's PayPal Pay as well. And what are the odds here? What's the over-under on this? Uh, I'm betting it's within six months. Six months? I was going to go with three. That was my first thought, but then I thought, no, that seems a little fast. You know, we've got to actually give it a chance to get out there. Yeah. All it's going to take is some European company who's saying, well, wait a minute. Why are all these point-of-sale machines having to be branded with Android Pay or Apple Pay? What if we had technology that we want to use for it instead? Well, do you? No, but that's not the point. What if we did? This is a monopoly. This is violating antitrust. And sadly, that's exactly how it works. Th- that's what's going to happen. It'll be led by France, and then Germany, and the Netherlands will get involved. Russia would get involved, but no one there has any money. <laughs> They'll pay in potatoes. You know, it's funny. Supposedly they're not communist anymore, but every time we see a news story with shots of Russia, everyone's still dirt poor. I'm just curious where all the communists went when communism fell. They migrated south. Yeah, I just... To China. It makes um, no sense. Like geese. Red geese. <laughs> they they flew south for the winter. Um. I, I want to like start a betting pool on any U.S. technology that goes to Europe, how quickly it gets shot down or comes under fire. Yeah, I wonder what the over-under in Vegas is, because you know they've got odds on that. We've griped about it before, but seriously, I, I swear the EU is a stone's throw away from suing Twitter for making users have Twitter usernames. Well, you know, that is antitrust... How dare you make people sign up for your service to use your service? People should be free to sign up for any service they want to use your service. Yeah, I mean, what if I want to use my... What if I want to use my Elo username to post on Twitter? Look, I've had the same MySpace username for 15 years. I want to use that on Twitter as well. Well, sorry. Why not? You you can't because you need to sign up for a Twitter account. Uh Uh-uh. That that's that's a monopoly right there. That's unfair. That's using yeah. your position in the marketplace to leverage control over me and my account name. That is. And you know, what about all those AOL users who want to use Twitter with their credentials from AOL? Because 1997 called in, hey, it wants to use Twitter. I, I, it's the slow head shake into a face palm. I think it's a double face palm. (sighs) Okay. In a startling move, Facebook has announced that they will no longer support BlackBerry. It was startling because Facebook was on BlackBerry. (laughs) (laughs) Why did this just all of a sudden turn into weekend update? (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) So, um... 
back in the day, and when I say back in the day, I mean, oh, geez, six years ago, seven, whatever. Blackberry was still relevant. My, my wife had a Blackberry. Okay. It was the last phone she had before she moved to iPhone and went into the full touchscreen smartphone world forever. And uh, she had Facebook on it. And it was a Facebook client made specially for BlackBerry. And she had that little click wheel. Not click wheel. Sorry, that's an Apple thing. But that little trackball. Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea how infuriating it is to browse Facebook by scrolling with a trackball? A trackball that's like a third the size of a marble. <laughs> Ooh, that sounds awful. It was horrifying. And so, yeah. um, I don't like that. I I'm not really sure what took Facebook so long to say this. Maybe they forgot. Maybe they forgot they were on BlackBerry and said, "Oh, we better issue a press release." Yeah, no more of that. Wow. Yeah, I think I think that's kind of funny though that um they're leaving BlackBerry at this point. Uh like you said, I'm surprised that they were still on BlackBerry or that they were ever on BlackBerry for that for that point, for that matter. Um but I couldn't help but wonder as I read this article uh when the news first came out if this is and I know we say this so much, but is this one more nail in the coffin of BlackBerry? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say no. I'm not taking any more hints or speculation or omens about this until Twitter stops supporting Blackberries. When Twitter says that Blackberries can no longer reliably text to 40404, <laughs> little known fact, kids. Back in the day before everyone had a touchscreen phone, you could tweet by registering your phone with Twitter and sending a text message to 40404. I used Twitter for like the first year by doing that. Yeah, I'm just saying. So when Twitter stops supporting BlackBerry by doing that, then we know. Then we know things are up. That is a good point. It's time has come. Um, I'm sure BlackBerry is still just happy that they can do banking by phone. Can they? You know, where you call in and you press two to see your open <laughs> accounts and you press three for checking. And Yeah, that's true. Well, before we get too far away, we were talking about Android Pay. And now since you brought banking up, it reminded me. I have a Samsung Pay update. Oh, yes, yes, yes. You, you were going to rhyme that in. Yes, you may remember uh, two, three episodes ago, I actually installed Samsung Pay on my uh, S6, my work S6, and said I would give it a go. I tried it out. The ability to emulate a magnetic stripe on the back of a card just by holding the phone over the card reader is awesome. However, it's only awesome if the vendor is set up to actually accept Samsung Pay. I thought it worked with all. You know, I tried it at Walmart, and I tried it at Smith's, which is Kroger grocery store here in Utah, for those of you not local. And 
it read the card and then it gave me an error that it was not an accepted form of payment. Please use another card. I did, however, use it at a gas station the next day. Worked just fine because they were all set up. And I find it very interesting that ever since Google migrated away from Google Wallet being the primary way to pay and created Android Pay, a lot of vendors, a lot of retailers have disabled that functionality despite the fact that Apple Pay is now a thing. Yeah, there was a lot of bad blood that got introduced there. I'm not. A, I, I think it has to do with the card handling fees that Google was charging. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but places where I used to be able to use Google Wallet will not accept Google Pay, and they don't accept Samsung Pay, apparently. Now, I get Walmart not wanting to accept it because it's my understanding they're trying to come out with their own version of it. <laughs> oh, Walmart. Yes. Yes, but I mean, Samsung Pay, I love the fact that I can just swipe up and there's my card. There is a lot of a lot of functionality and a lot of advantages to using Samsung Pay that Google could learn a lot from. But the big thing is it doesn't matter how awesome it is if you can't use it anywhere. So... That right there is my big challenge at this point, just to find qualified retailers that I can use my electronic, well, use my phone at. I mean, that's really what it boils down to. I just can't use it anywhere, which frustrates the crap out of me because I love the technology and I would use it everywhere if I could. Hmm. Well, that's something I have to look forward to then. Yay. Yes. And so if any of you listeners out there know places that take Samsung Pay or even Android Pay, heck, I'll use that too. Um, Let us know. Feedback at SolarAndroids.com. We're going to skip the next headline. We're going to bring it up a little bit later here, but I want to jump into the next one. Uh, So the RIAA, um, who, as you know, we don't necessarily love, well, they released the, uh, the numbers from 2015 to say, you know, how much money they made and where all the money was coming from. Oh, what's this? Oh, let me get this straight. It turns out that uh, more money was made by paid subscriptions to music streaming than by anything else. More music was consumed that way, too. In fact, more music was consumed by streaming than was downloaded illegally. It generated more than a billion dollars in revenues. That's uh, billion with a B. I'd actually like to point out it raised two point four billion. Yeah. It's awesome. Oh the the yeah, the, the digital subscription services generated more than a billion. But yeah, I mean it's it's insane. They're making money hand over fist, literally. They're making more money than the music industry ever has. I want to say this is probably because they've actually finally given up and said, okay, fine. You want to stream? Stream. We're getting paid. We don't care. And what do you know? Everyone's getting paid. Everyone's getting what they want. Well, you know, I think it goes back to what we've said repeatedly. If you have a good that people want to consume 
and you make it easily available to them, they will spend money. Crazy concept, I know. But, yeah, just give people what they want. Let people consume what they want, and they will give you money. Yeah, go fig. All right? Um, in the world of... Huh? Uh, Dyson, the British vacuum company, received a grant from the UK government to make an electric car. How bad do you think it's going to suck? I think it's really going to suck. You knew that was coming. You know, I love my Dyson vacuum. I have one. I love it. It's the best vacuum I've ever owned. So, and we, we need a new vacuum, so I'm considering biting the bullet and getting one. Um, back in 2015, back in, meaning last year, uh, Dyson bought a company called Saki 3 or Sac-T3. Um, it's a spinoff from the University of Michigan, and it was developing a new battery cell that was supposed to blow away anything that's previously been developed. And now, suddenly, they're getting this money to make an electric car. So I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that the battery investment has paid off. And that they're now looking at leveraging that battery technology into the UK's own version of Tesla. Which, guess what? I'm perfectly fine with. Yeah. Because the more companies that are doing this and are successful with it, the better we're going to get electric cars. And we need them. Yeah, you know, I want the electric cars, and I think Tesla's coming out with a car soon that's what 35,000 bucks yeah with the model 3 uh, but I I would love to have a Tesla I mean I'm the dude that puts solar panels on my roof of course I drive a half ton pickup to help offset the carbon that I'm saving by my solar panels um, so you know maybe you know the electric car isn't really me but you know I would love one I would absolutely love one that was affordable and you know, just flood the market with them. Sorry, I was reading into the next story here, and I got sidetracked by how hilarious this is. We'll get to that in a moment. I, <laughs> I, 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 I've often said, and I've said here on this show as well, that I want an electric car. I desperately want an electric car. But I need one that offers the same experience as driving a gasoline car. That is to say, I can make it for 300 miles on a tank charge in this case i can stop off and within a reasonable amount of time recharge the capacity to go another 300 miles you know and if it's a half hour if it's an hour you know that's not a that's not an unreasonable amount of time to wait after driving 300 miles you know drive 300 miles take an hour off drive another 300 miles that's actually unsafe but you get what i'm saying yeah, yeah, totally. So maybe new battery technology can do that. Hey, I'm all for that. Okay, so the next headline, the one I was laughing at. Um, Microsoft launched a new AI bot. It was a chat bot based with uh, uh, artificial intelligence algorithms and using their back-end cloud servers. 
Microsoft has been working on AI for a while. Cortana is very heavily based in it. A lot of the uh, code that uh, the Xbox One uses for different games uh, back on the Azure computing platform are based on it. So they decided to launch a chatbot into Twitter uh, that was meant to interact with people and learn how to interact with people from them in an effort to, you could just sit there and have a conversation with it. That sounds pretty awesome, and it was working. But like all good things on the internet, it turned bad fast. Evidently, uh, Tay was never programmed to know when it was being offensive and to avoid it, meaning it wasn't given personality. And when people started talking a certain way to it, it would start to mimic them and wrap what it was saying into its overall vocabulary. Now, this happened before with IBM's Watson. Mm-hmm. You remember that when it went up into Jeopardy and they're yes. going to take it and they're going to sell it to medical professionals. They actually found that it started swearing. <laughs> it started, it picked up a vocabulary like a sailor and they had Which to go in. Hilarious. And, yeah. They had to go in and edit the dictionary and tell it not to use these words, but it just naturally started picking up what people were saying and it started swearing like crazy. Well, Tay became a racist, sexist Nazi. Um, some of the responses, are just hilarious. Um, let's see here. I'm, I'm trying to find the best one. Uh, my favorite is when uh, um, Tay tweeted at uh, someone, we're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it. Uh, when Tay denied that the Holocaust ever happened. Um, when, uh, when talking about Gamergate, uh, she... What was that lady's name? The one who was kind of at the center of it all. Sarkovian? No. Yeah, I I can't remember. Yeah, as a circle around her face saying, guilty as charged. Yeah, I mean. Or, or my very f- favorite is when, <laughs> and I'm sorry, please understand I'm quoting something here. When it's telling um, that uh, Ben Shapiro is an inbred parasite and needs to go back to Israel. Yeah, that is... <laughs> wow. Probably not what Microsoft was hoping for. Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, I mean, I love this. Did the Holocaust happen? I know you just mentioned it. The response, it was made up. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, wow. wow. Um. So, yeah. They had to uh, they had to take it offline and teach it some context. Okay, uh, speaking of, you know, did did Four Chan program this? Because I know Google just hired someone, Four Chan's founder, to do this. Is Google Microsoft? Plus. This is Microsoft. I know. No, did did Microsoft happen to hire like a bunch of like just trolls from Four Chan to come and program this thing? Because it almost seems like it. You'd think uh, there's something called Godwin's law. Uh, it's an online as an online discussion grows longer, the probability of comparison involving Nazi or Hitler approaches. <laughs> and uh, I think that's what happened here. Basically, things just progressed so much that it naturally came up, and this AI bot latched onto it. But the it, it escalated quickly. That's the cool thing is just how quickly it escalated. Yeah. Um, well, hey, speaking of a sexist, racist Nazi, uh, Trump 
was <laughs> quote unquote doxed by Anonymous. You remember this, right? A few weeks ago, we we announced how Anonymous uh, was going to dox Donald Trump. And then they came out with a whole bunch of stuff. They put it on the paste bin. We even said, hey, look, we've called the numbers. I got thinking about it back then, even, when Zoner was making the call. And I Googled the number just to make sure we weren't calling some poor you know, dry cleaners in California or something. And no, that number did pull up uh, as uh, the number of one of Trump's properties. Then I Googled the next one, and that did as well. In fact, it turns out that everything in that paste bin file, everything anonymous quote-unquote, released, has been available on the internet in public domain for years. Oh, really? All of it has been publicly released by Trump. You want his address? Here's the address of Trump Tower. You want the phone number? Here's Trump Enterprises' phone number. Well, you know, he does have the best phone number. The best phone numbers. He has great numbers. The best numbers. Um... But so all of this stuff was all available. And you're thinking, wow, Anonymous, that's not really doxing. No, that's the point. See, without even checking any of this, Trump's campaign called upon the FBI to investigate and bring these criminals in for leaking his personal information. And this huge FBI investigation got started into how to find these people and bring them to justice for releasing publicly released information. <laughs> Meanwhile, Anonymous is tweeting, hey, remember how we said that you represent a fascist ideal? Yeah. Wow. Wow. Which is surprisingly subtle for Anonymous. It really is. You know, I, I'm going to be pretty pretty blunt here because i never am trump scares the living crap out of me when i think of fascism trump is in a just a perfect example of it and these people that are just following him blindly i mean when you have a guy saying i could gun people down in the middle of fifth avenue and you people would still vote for me and he's right that's terrifying yeah. Uh, the actual quote that Anonymous released finally was Trump wants to turn America into a fascist dictatorship where anyone can be arrested just for posting old information online. And as uh, and granted, this report is coming from Anon HQ, which is kind of an anonymous friendly site. If you couldn't tell by the URL, uh, they do point out, quote, why law enforcement at every level was so quick to pounce on a non-crime and affect arrest of those behind it without investigating whether a crime had even been committed paints a telling portrait of exactly the fascist tendencies anonymous wished to prove. So point well made anonymous. I'm surprised, but my hats off to you. That was that was an effective demonstration. So do you think that was the whole objective here? I think so. Let's be honest here. Let, let, let's cards on the table. And if anonymous wants to do something, anonymous tends to do something. They've been pretty successful in the past with this type of stuff. Yeah. Uh, I mean, granted uh, their attempts to hack and dox and destroy ISIS 
was a bit of a joke considering I don't know how well they can I don't know if a DDoS attack works on caves. <laughs> I'm just saying. Um I I don't think that uh I don't think that was really a wise campaign choice for them. Noble, yes. Ambitious, you betcha. Um possible? No, not really. But other than that, yeah, if Anonymous wants to get your information and really make your life a living hell, they have a tendency to do it. They do, and yeah, they've got skills. I'm not saying I necessarily agree with them. In fact, I rarely do, but if they wanted to do this, they could have done it. This tells me that they didn't. They wanted to make a point, and they did. So, Yay, America. Yes. Um, okay, into our favorites. And mine is speaking of Trump. Someone went and made a video. Uh, it's called Your Drunk Neighbor Donald Trump. They've taken quotes from Donald Trump's speeches, and they have him, they've edited what he's saying over a gentleman acting them out. And when you see them acted out by your drunk redneck neighbor, yeah. Somehow it just works. It just fits. It is hilarious how when you paint him into that picture, wearing an American cut-off sleeve t-shirt, drinking beer with his feet in the kiddie pool, yeah, no, that's totally him. That suddenly makes sense. Check it out if you like. If you are offended by it, I don't really apologize, but then don't check it out. I'm just saying. (laughs) Uh, My favorite, you know, it's funny because... I've said before on this show, I'm not a huge fan of John Oliver, but I seem to be referencing him a lot lately on I'm rubbing off on you. this show. You are. It's, it's weird. Um, he posted a web exclusive uh, this week talking about YouTube conspiracy videos. And I don't know if you've seen this yet or not, Zook. No, I have, yep. It is pure brilliance because, yeah, he pretty much sums up every YouTube conspiracy video out there. Uh, And, of course, it all comes back to the Illuminati, which, as we all know, is the founder of all conspiracy theories. Which is funny to me because you actually like a good conspiracy theory. I love conspiracy theories. I love them. In fact, I had the opportunity to talk conspiracy theories with probably one of the greatest conspiracies ever in William B. Davis, who played Cigarette Smoking Man on the X-Files over the past weekend. And I love conspiracy theories, but I do recognize the fact that many, many of them are just completely ridiculous. Especially the ones on YouTube, go figure. Yes. <laughs> the good conspiracy theories are the ones that you don't have some fool in his basement being all Dale Gribble talking about, you know? Everyone knows the best conspiracies have web rings. <laughs> that is true. And if you don't know what a web ring is, then you need to go back in time to 1995 and research it. Because that's the only way a conspiracy theory actually grows. Yeah, yeah, it really is. But no, I love conspiracy theories. I buy into some of them. Some of them I don't. As we talked about many times on, on SD files, you know, UFOs, all sorts of stuff. Um, I do love me a good conspiracy theory. And I think that this actually, the conspiracy theory that, 
that John Oliver brings up this week regarding Cadbury cream eggs may, in fact, be the best conspiracy theory I've ever heard. We, we may need to actually have a de- dedicatory SD files episode just to that. We should. <laughs> All right. Well, that is our episode this week, last week, this week. Sorry. Again, this is late. We know. Um, let us know what you're thinking. Feedback at StolenDroids.com. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Google. You know the drill. 801-917-GEEK. And until next time, cheers. Good day. This has been a Stolen Droids Media Production.